Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got uh, Harry Chested Adams. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, you're looking gorgeous. Wow. I, <laughs> I put on my best stuff just for you, mate. Yeah, is that a murkin you've sort of got hidden up there? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you uh, like to know? <laughs> oh, well, I think we all would. Uh, we've got Scott. How are you? Grand you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, and long time they speak, we've got Justin. Hello. How are you? I am resplendent in my bathrobe. I can't help feel that from what it looks like here, it feels like Scott's done another button up on his shirt after you started talking about people's chest hair. <laughs> no, it's, it's a two <laughs> two button jumper. <laughs> yeah, but was the first one undone before, and then Chris starts talking about things, and you're like, I feel a little, I feel a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Anyone want to do Jesse's voice? I cannot. No. Nope. Oh. Especially not while we're talking about unbuttoning shirts. No, that's true. No, that'll get you uh, in even more trouble, Chris. We've, yeah. talked, we've talked about this. <laughs> I'll be on that Twitter naughty step again. Uh, right, okay, so this week we're going to talk about the Champions League, FA Cup, uh, bits and bobs of games going on around Europe, uh, news, and the Premier League. So, um, we will start first of all with, we'll do chronologically, so we'll start back on Monday night. It was um, Chelsea... Nil Manchester United 2. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, and then we'll talk about Chelsea's um, subsequent news from today. So, who watched the game? You, you, you. Okay. I did, I uh, did. I'll tell you my little synopsis. You tell me if you agree or not. Uh, first of all, begrudgingly, the Manchester United fans were excellent. Um, secondly, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be so annoyed at my team because I don't know if this is the whole Sarri ball thing, but every time they got the ball in a good position, they slowed it down and passed it inside when they could quite easily have sort of pegged it on a bit and attacked and put the defence of United under a bit of pressure by sort of passing inside. It allowed United to sort of organise their defence a bit better and then harass Jorginho, which is what they did. Is that right? Yeah, sure. If that's a, yeah, I can't disagree with you. Can't disagree with you. Well, it was just, was it not a, a dynamic performance in midfield from Manchester United versus a flat midfield performance from Chelsea? I mean, yeah, it was. Was it as simple as stop Jorginho, stop everybody else? Because Hazard was trying his best, wasn't he? But yeah, he, Hazard isn't the kind of player who, when he tries his best, can put a, put a team on his shoulders without players around him. Like he needs midfield runners or movement up front, and just it, he's not on a he's not on a wavelength with Higuain yet, and everyone else is just sort of appearing to go through the motions. Higuain, you thought uh, Higuain, I thought looked very. He had that chance in the first half, didn't he? Um, the one that sort of lofted into him. But 
other than that, I don't think he did a, an awful lot. Um, I thought Chris Smalling had a very good game and probably didn't let him do an awful lot. But Herrera and Pogba in midfield were just ridiculously good, weren't they? Um, yep, and I, I thought Matic was quite was particularly impressive screening, screening in front of that back four. And, um, well, just... You know, I, I don't know, I can't say enough enough superb things about Pogba in this, since, especially since Solskjaer's taken charge. His, his performances are just on an absolute other level. When you see that sort of desire that he had to get into the box to... to be there to head that ball in is just and the quality of the pass on the of the the first ball like he's won that game for Manchester United. Yeah, no, definitely. And the other thing about the the, the cross by Rashford to him um, was very good. He sort of gave himself an extra sort of second or so, didn't he, Rashford, to be able to pick out Pogba? I thought that was um, that was very good play by him as well. Um, Chelsea. I mean, the fans were singing bleep Sarri ball, weren't they, towards the end? Come on, Chris, were, we're, not, we're not a bleeping kind of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they said flip Sarri Ball. Did they? <laughs> they did. Your, um, and your daughter's still in the room. No, they're not. They're... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the natives are getting restless, aren't they? The peasants are revolting. Wow. It's probably because they're annoyed that they don't normally have to revolt. It's, things have normally taken care of themselves by now. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, just in the Scott, did either of you see this or have any thoughts on this game? I didn't watch the game. I was watching a, another game in another league. I, I did watch um, Adam's Adam's take. Aligns with mine pretty well. Um, it's it's interesting when you watch Chelsea. It, it's it is, you know, it's not stretching it to say that um, it's all turned out to be kind of a disaster at the moment. But again. If you think back to Guardiola's first season at City, he didn't have the fullbacks for his system to work, and he persisted with it. Um, and that led to some some results that were much worse than you would have expected. And uh, he then fixed the problem the next season, and he got the players in for the system to work. And I just wonder how much of it is a question right now of, what do you do if you're sorry? Do you sort of admit that you don't have the tools to build the shed you're trying to build? Um, or do you stick with that, keep your philosophy intact, results be what they may, um, so that when you do get the right parts, say next season, assuming he's still in the job, it it then can actually work. It then can you know be a, a, a seamless uh, transition as it was for for City in that second season. West Ham have just scored, by the way. But in the microcosm of that individual game, um, when you're 2-0 down and your final substitution is to take off a fullback and put another fullback on, that's not really trying to change the game, is it? That's a sort of like-for-like substitution and you're not really attempting anything different, are you? Well, no, and that that sort of brings me to one of of my favourite tweets I've seen this week, um, which was very quickly stolen and shared by lots of people, and I can't even remember who... The original one was was that if Sarri had a fourth substitution, he'd bring he'd bring Barkley back on for Kovacic. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the what's the stat on that? I mean, it's almost every game. Yeah. Um, was it fourteen sub, or something? Jo- Jonathan that. Jonathan Wilson listed them on the on the Football Weekly yesterday, and I'm not sure whether he was listing numbers or just pulling them out of his hat. But I'm sure he suggested it was twenty times. He wrote an article this very same week, I think, saying something pretty similar. I think it's 14 times the uh, the William... Who came off for William? 
Pedro. 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 One Pedro. Of, I, one of the, yeah, yes. they were both in the in the teens, and I thought one of them was twenty, perhaps. Yeah. But um, um, so building a little bit on what Justin said there, and, and the link to to Guardiola, um, it was interesting. You hear these stories about um, this sort of meeting of the minds of Sarri and Guardiola in the Italian Riviera, um, in the in the off season and sort of get, picking his brain and getting advice and Guardiola telling him that to sort of do what he wants to do, he's going to have to work with a squad of sort of like 14, 15 players because the transformation is so intense that you, you don't have any time to do anything but teach just those few players. And if you spread yourself too thin, it's just going to fail. Now, he doesn't have a squad to do what he wants to do anyway. He's currently playing in a situation where one of his fullbacks prefers to play as a, as a right-sided centre-back in a three. One of his centre-backs in a two prefers to play in a, in a three. His left-back prefers to be a left-wing-back. And he doesn't have any real... Well, he's, his best defensive midfield player, he's playing as an attacking midfield player. And it's very much square pegs in round holes. And that squad needs some serious rebuilding and it needed rebuilding anyway, regardless of what manager you were going to bring in. It seemed that there was very much a a, a feeling that there was a, an attitude problem in that squad. The rumours whether part of the reason Conte became so disillusioned was that he wanted to clear out. He wanted to get rid of sort of half that squad and and sort of freshen up the mentality. But with what's happened today... Chelsea aren't going to be able to do any of those things. When when what's what are they going to do? Is Sarri going to carry on with his square pegs in his round holes? He can't get the players in. But when he does get the players in, he's going to be two years down the line on this project. What what happens now? Scott, well, if know... only there was some um, sort of club where they were sort of farming out their young players too, that they could maybe bring back and coach oh, into yeah. and mould into his position. Sorry, Justin, I was just going to sort of make, make that little sort of, yeah. For, 41 players, Chelsea's got. In that 41 players, there must be players that Sarri can coach into Yeah, I can think that of particular a couple. Um, Tammy Abraham, he's on loan at Villa. Uh, mm. He's done well in the lower leagues and I think in my eyes deserves a shot in the uh, in the Premier League. But there's having a shot in the Premier League and there's having a shot at Chelsea. Yeah. Like, those are two very different things. And you have people, uh, uh, lots of people have made this sort of snarky take on, on, on Twitter today saying, oh, what happened? Or, if only they didn't loan all these players out or bring back all the loan players. Well, Chelsea run two businesses. They run a football club and an investment fund. And their investment fund invests in players. And those players don't need to be good enough to play for Chelsea. They need to be good enough to be able to flip for a profit. Yeah, didn't they do that with Patrick Bamford? Who um, Did they sell him to Leeds for £10 million? Well, they, they, they don't, they, There's a long line of these players. Yeah, yeah. Kennedy to Newcastle. We can go on and on and get through players who Chelsea... You can go through the hits, the misses. But that... Those investments recoup them a lot of money, allow them to compete when they have an owner who's not investing money anymore. But that doesn't mean that they're players who are going to be able to bring in, and no matter how the coaching, allow them to get into the, the top four of the Premier League. Okay. Um, I, oh, sorry. Well, I wanted to ask Adam this question, just going back to the, the like-for-like substitutions, which, as we've as has been pointed out, seems to happen every game. I always sort of thought that like-for-like substitutions were a thing that you did when you were winning. 
And so the only objective was to to replace tired legs with fresh legs. You're not changing the game. You're not changing the system. And so to again to see them do that in the United game with it, with losing two nothing and several other times they've done it. He's done it recently. How, how do you feel about that, Adam? How do we feel about that in general? Well, I completely agree with you. But that, as someone who watches, is a lot more Italian football than me, Scott will know that Sarri doesn't have another option. What what's no. he going to do? No. So. He's not going to play two up front. He's not going to move to a back three. He's 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 not he's not malleable. Okay, uh, right. We spent ten minutes talking about Chelsea. We don't really want to spend any more talking about them, do we? It's, well, well I, it's interesting. I just it think is very, very interesting. interesting. What I think is interesting is uh, uh, the comparison I haven't seen people make is well, th- this is when you see the difference between well-run clubs and poorly-run clubs because Tottenham have just gone two transfer windows without making a transfer and. By the end of the weekend, could be two points off the top of the Premier League. Does anyone see Chelsea being in that position in twelve months' time? No. no. Well, the other thing I want to ask about that: we've seen transfer bans applied at clubs before and then been overturned on on appeal. Do, do well, we Chelsea, know Chelsea have had one. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Chelsea have the 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 transfer ban they got for Gail Kakuta was overturned. Yeah, yeah. So I, I you know. Okay. Um, right. Next round of the cup is Watford at home to Crystal Palace, Swansea at home to Manchester City, uh, Wolves Manchester United, and Millwall versus Brighton Hove Albion. The Rankcast boys were suggesting that they got a bit of a bum deal on uh, that draw. The Manchester United fans on there. Um, it's a pretty tough draw for them. I think it's probably the, the second worst they could have got. It's a bit meat and potatoes that draw, isn't it? There's nothing particularly exciting. No. Just like the draw before it. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from this game that we just talked about. No, yeah, you're right. Uh, right, we'll talk about the Champions League then. Um, we'll start on Tuesday. Liverpool nil, uh, Bayern Munich nil. Um, yeah, no, no, no bias here, Chris. We'll start with the most interesting <laughs> of all the games. <laughs> the nil-nil. Yeah. The nil-nil. No, it's the both yeah, two, two nil-nils on Tuesday. I wrote it down chronologically as oh, I, okay. I came to it. Um, okay, so I've written down, who is happy, question marks. Um, Liverpool didn't concede at home, but Liverpool got a terrible away record. Uh, I've got a feeling you'd be happier if you were uh, Bayern Munich just in, wouldn't you? A little bit, but I also question them not going for it just that little bit more, knowing that Van Dijk was suspended for the first leg and will be back for the second leg. And, and, and it really is a pretty stark difference in how, how Liverpool defend, particularly with balls just lumped in front of their goal when they've got him and when they don't. And there was a little spell 12, 15 minutes into the game where they scrambled to clear a couple of times in a row. And I thought, yeah, this is, this is what I remember Liverpool before Van Dijk. This is where they would be vulnerable. And then they never really pushed that again from that point. And, it looked like to me both sides were happy just to play that one out and go settle it back in Munich. I got incredibly frustrated watching this game because Liverpool would get to probably the edge of the Bayern penalty area and a wrong decision on a pass would be made or a pass wouldn't quite go to feet or something would just go a little bit awry for them and Bayern Munich would end up clearing the ball away. It just wasn't quite happening for Liverpool and I think decision-making within the team could have been better, I think. Do you think it's been like that for about a month or two now? Oh, I think it probably has. I mean, this game, I mean, I don't watch an awful lot of Liverpool games live, so, you know, I sort of watch highlights on much of the day, so I only sort of see the really good bits. But it was interesting to see a full live game of Liverpool and to see the fact that 
the sort of their, their sort of thought processes and the bits you don't normally get to see on the highlights. And yeah, I think it did highlight a few issues. I think it also highlighted the fact that Mane, uh, and I've thought this for a while, is getting more and more wasteful in front of goal, I, yeah. I think. There's about four, I think I counted. And also, he's got some yeah. he got some special treatment from Nicholas Sula and Kimmich in the first 20-odd minutes. Yeah, he did, not kick, Kicked him to pillar to post. But I think it's going to be tough for Klopp because he's got to get Liverpool up for two games this week. So he had to get him up for the Munich game. And who have they got on Sunday? Yeah, I'm I worried d- about that. I disagree that, that Bayern Munich would be the happier team here. OK. Like, for me, when you go into that, if you look at the, you're trying to set your team up for that second leg. Well, if you're Liverpool, what do you do? You you play on the break, you try and score an away goal, and then Bayern Munich have got to score two. If you're Bayern Munich, how do you set your team up? What do you do? You've got to be terrified of an away goal. You're at home. You're gonna the, you need to take the initiative. I think it's a harder position for Bayern Munich than it is for Liverpool. For Liverpool, the the game plan is simple, and it doesn't change. Try and score an away goal. But I get I, this is where I always get uh, I, I get jumpy about the away goals rule because one away goal for Liverpool doesn't win them the tie; it wins them the tie on aggregate. Oh, it's a rubbish rule. I agree. It's it rubbish, but I mean, but I mean, even even in, in in practical application, Bayern just have to win the game. It doesn't matter the score. The only way away goals come into it in, in Liverpool's favor is if it's a score draw, which could certainly happen. But for Bayern, I think. They just try to win the game. There's, I think it's a little trickier for Liverpool to think about how do we say they don't have to win the game. A score draw wins them the game, but that's a very difficult thing to play for. But so you, get, you, go, you get to have that cliche of if Bayern Munich score a goal, nothing changes for Liverpool. They still needed to score that goal to get through. True, true. What changes is they lose the tie and don't get through if they don't. I, um, I just think that the, it's it's the jeopardy for, for Bayern Munich that the fear of that away goal, especially early, is that you then know that your job has become twice as hard. I don't think they should fear it particularly, though, because what I'm saying is they would. if this were just a regular league game, if they were playing Schalke, they would want to win the game. And if they win a goal down, they would say, well, we need, we need two now. I mean, it's it's it gets very tricky for them if we get into late stages of the game and it's... It's 2-1, you know, they're up 2-1, and now how do you keep playing and, and, and things like that. But just from the out, I, I think they've got the simpler approach, which just just win the game. Liverpool have to decide, do we try to run at them with our front three in a way they didn't really do at Anfield, especially in the second half, and maybe get that goal. But then even if that happens, how do they then finish the match off? How do they keep playing? They, they can't, they won't continue to play that way, I wouldn't think. Um, but either way, I mean, I, I see the arguments both ways. But if you ask me, Liverpool and Bayern are going to play one game. It will be in the Allianz Arena. And if Bayern win it, they go through. I would say that three out of four times they'll do that. The one thing I was pretty chuffed about was the fact that uh, without Van Dijk, managed to keep a clean sheet. Only just on a few occasions. Bit Allison, Allison, bit dodgy with his uh, distribution and dilly dallying on the ball a couple of times. Yeah, he's got a bit they of a habit. Of that. The, the, the first twenty minutes almost looked like a competition. The two had decided before the game. Let, let's see who can put it up our own support the most. <laughs> Yeah, um, on a on a player who plays for Bayern Munich now, I was quite impressed. Um, disregarded by Ch- Tony Pulis when he was on loan at West Brom, I thought Serge Gnabry played very well and gave Andrew Robertson 
a bit of a torrid time, which meant mm. Robertson had to go to right back, and then uh, Trent Alexander Arnold had to switch flanks to go to to the left hand side to um, to cope with him. Did you need to say Trent Alexander Armstrong? I no, I got caught yeah. with the Alexander and the Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, right, we'll move on. I was going to abbreviate and go TAA, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll move on to Wednesday night which is Schalke 2 Manchester City 3 um, Naval Benz level 2 penalties uh, Sergio Aguero uh, Leroy Sane um, with that free kick and Raheem Sterling in the 90th minute um, Edison zero saves and one assist in that match if you're stats fans um, VAR there was, was I, I, I missed Duncan Alexander those were the days we didn't have, to put, <laughs> didn't have to put up with this rubbish. <laughs> um, Nicholas Ottomendi got a red card in this. So the first yellow card was for uh, handball, wasn't it? And there's some discussion yeah, on Football Weekly yesterday. Sorry, first penalty. Um, he was in the process of trying to move his arm out of the way, but it was overturned. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Was he not? Go on. I wasn't More sure. than happy for that ball. To get him in the arm. It was, first of all, it was going in. This is one yeah. of those handballs that, that actually did prevent a goal, I think. Uh, it's just it's Nicholas Otamendi. He's a master of the dark arts. Actually, he's not actually he's terrible at them. He's he's a a frequent participant in them, but I don't think he disguises it nearly as well as he ought to. So he's not Ramos or Chiellini level yet. He's no Sergio Busquets. Yeah. Oh yeah, or Busquets. Yeah. Busquets. Yeah. No, I thought that he, yeah, I thought he was trying to move his arm out of the way, but the fact that it was going through on or it was going towards the goal meant that um, I think the penalty was the right decision. Yeah. So, Chris, read the rule. Read the rules and work out whether what you're saying makes sense because it's bollocks. And is it? It it doesn't say anything. The fact that it appeared that it was going in irrelevant. It's it's, it's absolutely right. It's not. It's not written in the laws that there's no element of whether advantage was gained or not. It's Uh, not denying goal scoring opportunity. No, that's that's. Because he didn't deliberately. You're saying he didn't deliberately deny a goal scoring opportunity because you said he's moving his hand out of the way. So he also didn't deliberately handball it, so it's not handball. So how about if he was deliberately handballing it but trying to make it look like he was trying to get his hand out of the way? Well, then well, that's yeah. your decision, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I would I would say that as he set up to block the shot, to me that arm is a little bit extended in the first place. Uh, you know, And then as you, you say he's trying to get it out of the way, maybe he really was, it was well-hit ball, but he started in almost a goalkeeper sort of stance with his arms a little bit out wide, but... Who knows? There's so much room for interpretation in the way that law is written. Did you go with the wrong arm? <laughs> you go with the wrong arm, yeah. <laughs> no. It's a good one. Anyone that follows David Priest on Twitter knows gets that reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, Essentially, Chris, the handball rule is broken and it needs to be fixed. Handball broken, the handball rule or the offside rule? The handball rule, because the offside rule is clear, if you're offside or not. It's, I don't agree with it, but it's not nowhere near as broken as the handball rule. Okay. Um, and VAR shouldn't take four and a half minutes. Well, in fairness, didn't they say that the, the, the actual screen broke on the first one and that's why it took so long? Mm. I'm just, anti- I'm just anti-VAR. It's happened. Only, because John, only because the R on Football Weekly now. You weren't the other week. No, I was. I literally said this to you last week. <laughs> yeah, they've been changing their mind on Football Weekly and you've been changing yours ever since. No. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pep said City uh, were not ready to fight um, for the latter stages I think he's trying to say that he may have given them a bit of a telling off at half time because it, if this is a City team that wants to sort of 
progress within this competition. You can't go 2-1 down to Schalke, really, can you? Who, with the greatest respect in the world, aren't the greatest German team in the competition at the minute, are they? They might not be, but the, the stat that you, you um, absolutely impressed us with at the beginning of the Edison zero saves also tells the story of the match, does it? They scored from two penalties. Yeah, I suppose so. You don't think they've got anything to worry about in the return leg? Oh, no. City will um, put them to shame in the second leg. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, also, on Wednesday night, Atletico Madrid 2, um, Juventus... Did I say that right? Atletico. 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 Uh, Atletico Madrid 2, Juventus Neil Jimenez, and uh, Diego go down with a... Um, sort of Ronaldo deflection. Um, this was supposed to be the get the, the, the competition that Juventus were training their eyes on, wasn't it, Scott? Mm-hmm. Spent ninety four million on Ronaldo. Yeah, going to probably win that eighth Serie A league title in a row, and it was all geared up for them to go on to the next level and win the Champions League. Probably, probably oh, more than likely. <laughs> <laughs> if it isn't a South African batting collapse style of. Uh, <laughs> Even the South Africans could get this over the line. Yeah, they can. Does Herschel um, Gibbs play for Juventus? <laughs> no, what? Yeah, no. I, I, I think if Herschel Gibbs played for Juventus, they'd still win the league. And I'm t- <laughs> however old Herschel Gibbs is now. Forties, dropping a cat in the mid wicket. This was the tournament that, uh, for a good couple of years now, that Juventus wanted to, to win. And in my opinion, I, I think they're going to get not that I can see. I can see Atletico doing a job on them in the second leg. You don't think angry sort of you don't think sort of alleged rapist is going to get angry and do one of those pissed off performances and they're going to come back and win. No, cuz Diego Simeone is master of the defensive setup with that Atletico team. They've done it year in year out and Diego Godin and Jimenez are one of the two best center back parents in Europe. Yeah, um, I, think, of- I think there's enough attacking talent in that Juventus team that this tie isn't dead. I think, yeah. You see, Dybala's got a touch of the South African cricketers about him as well, hasn't he? In big games, he's been horribly off form. Their defence is a bit of a problem. Benucci, who was a disgrace for the opening goal with yes. the old Sergio Busquets, um, he's been horribly out of form since his move back to Juventus from AC Milan. Um, but yeah, it's just a, they got absolutely battered in that game. It could have been a lot more. And the VAR... Oh, there's two VARs, wasn't there? Two VARs in that game. Both were right. Uh, the penalty decision which on Diego Costa and then Chiellini getting a slight nudge and him going down like he won. Oh, that was, that was... I know, but it was you a foul. You see, yeah, yeah, you see the, the slight push before the header. Ooh, I don't know about that. Guys, what do you two reckon on that? Do you, do you remember the incident? It wasn't, in the end, it wasn't disallowed. It was just replaced by another one as. Um, as said, Benucci, I think the second one was the first one had been given, although only by VAR. And uh, all he did is present, you know, present the goal to Gavin. So in the end, it just replaced one with another. Um, but. Both bars were good. Uh, certainly the first one was very quick. At the same time, the nightmare one was happening over in the other tie, and people were bemoaning it on Twitter. They got that one spot on very quickly. Yeah, it was under a minute, wasn't it? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, the Ronaldo free kick was the closest it came for Juventus. That was a good save by Jan Black, wasn't it, uh, Justin? Yeah, it was. You'd expect him to make it. It was pretty central, but it was 
is well hit and it needed saving and he saved it. Mm. Do you, um, sorry, Chris, do you, do you think he's up there with one of the best keepers in Europe at the moment? I do. Definitely one of the best. I, I don't ever, I can't ever, could never say who the best is because I yeah. believe different keepers for different yeah. teams. But he's certainly very, very good at what he does. Yeah, his, his stats don't lie. I think it's close no. to, to over 100 clean sheets for Atletico since he's yeah, been Yeah, he, he's, the per, he's the, and I would say he's the perfect goalkeeper for that team, for that manager. He's not asked to play a lot of balls outside the box with his feet. He's asked to stand on his line and make saves. If you're uh, the Slovenian national team manager, who do you pick in your team, Handanovic or Oblak? Oh, God. That, oof, I would go with Oblak, younger yeah. goalkeeper. I think that I think that probably depends on how you, you want to play, but but yeah, yeah I might I'd probably go with Oblak too. I'm a big Handanovic fan. So uh, best best part of the Atletico game was Diego Simeone's celebration on the first goal. Oh, he's Kahunas. The Kahunas, yeah. The ball, like, <laughs> that goes back a long time. I, I said on Twitter he's been doing that for more than a decade. When he was at Independiente, he did that. When he was at River and he won the title with River, I think in 2008. He did it on the pitch during the celebrations. It's a <laughs> so what you're saying, Justin, is, is this is a, a fetish of, of Diego's. <laughs> it's 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 something in Argentinian football where a lot of a lot of a lot of right thinking people there are now sort of bemoaning it, which is that they're, they're beginning to value this this uh, we've got balls over, we've got the ability to string passes together, and and Simeone sort of represents a little of that old school. Latitude. Um, 2005-06 was the last time uh, Juventus overcame the first like Champions League deficit. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, as graceful as ever in the mix zone afterwards, did his little five times thing. Um, it's not as good as when Harry Wilson does it at Old Trafford. Uh, and finally, the Champions League, Leon nil, Barcelona nil. Uh, Anthony Lopez and Mark Antoine Testegen were both in very good form, weren't they, Justin? Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, Mr. Stegen left hand save which actually did get a few questions about did he use the right hand that was a stupid fantastic piece of goalkeeping and he did use the right hand yes he used the left hand he used the proper hand so so, so people are willing to complain about saves that were made about whether they used the wrong yeah Yeah, don't don't forget that we have a term don't forget that we have a term camera save which is denigrating a goalkeeper making a successful intervention of a ball that would otherwise be a goal and still results in them getting criticised. So that's that's our lot sometimes. I mean, God forbid it might be some sort of entertainment business they're participating. Yeah. <laughs> um, Leon, hope for the second leg. Uh, they beat Manchester City in the group stages at the Etihad and Barcelona drawn four out of five in all competitions. Has anyone hold out any hope for them? No, I, I think the home leg was their chance to get over, to get a lead. But no, they only created a few chances where Barcelona had 25 shots on goal. And Luis Suarez missed an absolute hatful. And I'm, as we were talking about Alexis Sanchez last week, I think he's almost done as a footballer. He looks totally out of shape. He looks he looks horrible. I think, really? yeah, he, he looks uh, like, as we were talking about Sanchez, he's, he's played too many games. Yeah. I think he looks his age, and 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 like as you say, he's played so many, so many games, and, and you forget how old he is because a lot of people didn't take much note of him until he came to Liverpool. But he he'd already had a career, a careers worth of games prior to that. He was twenty four when he joined Liverpool, wasn't he? Which is yeah. yeah. He comes, he played a lot of games in Holland and in Uruguay before he came. Yeah, um, I think that Leon, when you've got such a, a gap between 
the team was in a Champions League tie, Leon would should really just be happy that they're still in the tie when it comes to the second leg. Mm. They're going to need a miracle in the Camp Nou to get something, but miracles happen. They do, and this is Leon Scott, which who we said before, he just sort of completely topsy turvy. Don't know which Leon are going to turn up. They can even beat PSG two one, and then next week lose to Nice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Jared Piquet became the seventh Barcelona player to make the 100 Champions League appearances. Who wants to hazard a guess at the other six? Uh, Leo Messi. Yeah. Xavi Hernandez. Yeah. Iniesta. Iniesta. Yeah. Victor Valdez. Yeah. Puyol. Yeah. How, how many is that? That's got one more to get. Sergio Busquets. Yes, well done. Well done, well done. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so that's the Champions League done. Um, bits and bobs of games going on around Europe this weekend. Uh, in Spain, Barcelona are top on 54 points, and then it's Atletico Madrid on 47, Real Madrid 45 creeping up, and Seville on 37 points. Um, so this weekend it's Seville versus Barcelona, uh, Levante versus Real Madrid, which is going to be on, Scott. ITV4. ITV4. Why is that? Uh, this La Liga. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, La Liga, uh, I don't know if. 11 sports or Premier Sports 11 sports of looks like they're sharing the rights of the, the rest of the games this season so four games a week are going to be on Premier Sports and one game a week is going to be on uh, ITV4 Now Adam you said pre-record that you were watching something else on Sunday nights so you won't be able to watch this Well just anything else What are you watching? I don't know you not got a regular, you don't, Do you not have a regular Sunday night watch? No, I don't. I, you have to remember, I, we're, I'm a different generation to you, Chris. I can watch TV on demand. I don't have to sit in and watch Vera whenever Vera's on. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, and it's also the um, there's a Bass Derby this weekend, isn't there? It's Ibar versus Athletic Bilbao, I think. I think that's tonight. Oh, is it tonight? Is it? I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, you should, you should, that's a Basque Derby. That's not the Basque Derby. Yeah, the... The Bastard was played a couple of weeks ago, which Real Sociedad won two one. Um, also in Italy, uh, Scott, this weekend um, in Serie A, Juventus are top on sixty six points, followed by Napoli fifty three, Inter forty six, AC Milan forty two. Uh, so it's Bologna versus Juventus, um, Milan versus Empoli, Parma versus Napoli, uh, Fiorentina versus Inter. Any wonder updates for us? Um. So Mario Cardi, trying to find out if Mario Cardi is actually faking an injury at the moment because he's been dropped out of the squad. Um, Wanda, they've been shown at games. It was the it was the Mario Cardi derby last week, which into one two one against Sampdoria, and they were both in the stands, both celebrated both goals. I think they're just holding out for a new contract, but. If uh, if they don't get the wish, some clubs gonna have to spend 110 million on him. I like that. I like he's been dropped from the squad, so I'm gonna pretend I'm injured. It's like a, it doesn't matter. I didn't want to play anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't want to play. Hurt my knee. Yeah, that, uh, that is the story. Uh, apparently, it's a knee injury. I, I also I also liked that it was his his birthday this week, and um, the day before, apparently on his yes. on her Instagram story, um, his his wife was seen uh, showing a video of him her burning a photo of him on the fire and Twitter momentarily lost its mind until they very quickly found out it's some sort of Argentinian tradition yeah. um, Justin have you ever come across sort of 
footballers with a prima donna-ish attitude like this in your career? I, uh, there wasn't enough money at the level I played. There just wasn't enough. You wouldn't. Anyone that even had any pretenses that would have been laughed out of the dressing room. I mean, once or twice I remember a guy coming in with like a flash watch and people laughing at him when they realized he'd just spent, you know, five months wages on it. Pulling his socks it, really. up over his knees like Thierry Henry. Yeah. Don't, didn't see that either. No. Co- coming in with a fake Louis Vuitton wash bag. <laughs> it, it, it would all be fakes and replicas. Yeah. Uh, okay, in Germany, Dortmund are top on 51 points, only three points down ahead of Bayern. Uh, Gladbach 43, Red Bull Leipzig 41. So Bayern are uh, going for a Hertha kit this weekend as they play Hertha Berlin. Um, Dortmund are playing Bayer Leverkusen and Red Bull are playing uh, Bayer Leverkusen. No, hang on, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> You've done that quite a lot recently. <laughs> Have I? Yeah. Anyway, in Germany, some teams are playing some other teams. <laughs> Dortmund, France, Dortmund are playing Bayern. Playing Bayer Leverkusen. Two Red Bull playing. Don't worry. Red Bull fans, I do. Um, Megan, I do apologise. Um, I don't think I they know. like being called Red Bull either. But uh, sure, no. you carry on with that. I think we've seemingly got away with this. I don't yeah. think anyone knows. No one's even going to notice. Yeah. <laughs> no, brilliant. Uh, in France, uh, PSG are on 65 points, Lille 50. Um, Lille on 46. Uh, and in the Europa League place is Marseille on 40 points. So. Um, this weekend, it's PSG versus Nîmes. Uh, Better win that one, otherwise this title race is going to be blown wide open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, Sunday night, Scott BT Sport is Monaco versus Lyon. Um, and it's Strasbourg versus Lille. Is that a local derby? I'm not too sure, but that's on at the moment, and it's 1-0 Lille. I just flicked over. Is it? I got a yeah. U for geography at A-level, but um, I do know that they're roughly the same location, aren't they? Um other bits and bobs around the world. You've got uh, um, an Istanbul derby, Besiktas versus Fenerbahce. Uh, oh, sorry, RB Leipzig are playing Hoffenheim and it's on Monday night. Hoffenheim. That's not Leverkusen, is it? It's, not even, it's not even close to Leverkusen, is it? It's not even in the, it's not even in the, in the B family. No, I, I mean, think, if it was Bayern and Bayern, I suppose you could forgive me. But yeah. I think Dortmund have got Leverkusen and I think they that's have. on Sunday. They okay. have. They have and it is. Very tough work, this. Uh, in Holland, it's first versus third as PSV take on Feyenoord. Um, in Australia, Adam, it's the Melbourne Derby as victory take on City. Excellent. Who do you when, have down for that one? When can I not watch that? Tomorrow morning, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Easy. It's a good game. It's as good as done. It's as good as not watched. Oh, come on. Just watch one. Uh, Chris, in, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm not watching genuinely good football on a Sunday, a Sunday evening... Why am I watching terrible football at a time before I want to get up on a Saturday? <laughs> it's not ridiculously well, early. It's about eight what, o'clock. If it's, what if it's played in a in a nine tenths empty cricket ground? Yeah. No, I, oh, you, 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 you flipped me on this one, Justin. I'm now I'm now interested. Yeah. <laughs> do they not play at the MCG? Or do they play at the Etihad Arena? No, I think um, I think there'll be a full crowd tomorrow. There'll at be... the MCG. You know how big no, the MCG play, is. Play the MCG, no. And they have their own stadium to play. The comedy's cool, but they don't definitely don't play at the MCG. Is it their own they, stadium, or is it also an Aussie League stadium, or something like that? Oh. No, it's definitely their own stadium because Sydney FC played a game at the SCG pre-season, and it looked really, really weird because the fans on the other side of the pitch from where the goal were 
was just you just couldn't see them because of the oval of the cricket ground. It, just, it was just really, really strange. So, no, so is, is it like when the Oakland Raiders play at home and you can still see the pitcher's mound? You haven't got a clue, have you? You haven't got a clue. <laughs> 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 Who are the Oakland it's, Raiders? It's is that American the, football? It's called the Marvel Stadium. Okay. What's, what's the Oakland Raiders? Is that American football? Yeah, that's American football. I've got a Patriots jumper this week. Are they any good? Well, their owner has just been caught soliciting prostitutes, so well yeah, done you. I just saw that. I saw that <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, okay, what we've got in news. Steve Clark uh, said he was subjected to sectarian abuse this week by a Rangers fans as his Kilmarnock went down. Uh, I think it was 5 0 or 5 1 they went down to over there. He said he doesn't mind being called a wanker, but he doesn't like being called a Fenian so and so. Um, so he uh, he had a quite a few choice words to say. Uh, Leeds have been fined two hundred grand over the whole Spygate shenanigans. That's just bizarre, isn't it? Fined fine for not breaking a rule. Well, it's like some sort of sub- ethical subclause or something, isn't it? That they've been fined for. No, good luck enforcing that. Well, it's just every time something happens now, Leeds can just stick their arm in there and say, "Well." Well, sir, yes, sir. Look what happened to us. <laughs> uh, and Coventry City face expulsion from the EFL over a lack of clarity over their location for home fixtures next season. Um, Wasps own the Rico Arena where they play their games, uh, but they are currently locked in a legal dispute with um, Coventry owner Cici. Um It is not much fun at all to be a Coventry fan at the moment. Nice. That's been going on for a couple of years now. Cause, it has, because they played in Northampton, didn't they? Yeah, they played at Sixfields a uh, good couple of years. Yeah. I, I, I saw Coventry swimming at Sixfields in 2014, okay. and then they got back to the Eureka Arena season after. Yeah, I've been to the Eureka Arena last year, and it's it's empty. Mm. It's, isn't, isn't, aren't Wasps a London-based team? It's London Wasps, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. What yeah. They do, why, are they, why do they own a stadium in Coventry? I don't know. Multiculturalism. So it's a round world where they can go where they please. Okay. It, don't think that's going to end well for for Coventry. No, I don't think so. I think I think they got all sorts of financial issues as well, haven't they? I, the, the Coventry fans before, when they were at Sixfield, used to stand on the big mound outside the ground, didn't they? And refuse yeah. to pay entry. That was it. It's a it's a shopping it's a shopping mall outside the ground. So you've got like a KFC, Burger King, Cinema, and you've got all shops. So they, and there's a massive field and a mound just outside one of the end. So yeah, they just used to stand there. Uh, Okay. Uh, who's Swindon playing this weekend? We're at home to Grimsby. How's that going to go? Hopefully a home win. Hopefully make it uh, three wins in the trot and do a bit of a late push to playoffs. Grimsby still haven't got Omar Bogle, have they? No, he is in he the championship. I think he's at the championship. Is he? Because he was doing very well for them for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Adam, don't worry, we're back on... <laughs> he's yawning. Adam, stop yawning. We're talking about League Two. It's very disrespectful. Yeah. We're, not talk- we're not talking about Everton yet. That's when, no. obviously... We were talking about the Carling Cup, because I forgot to mention it earlier when we were talking about Chelsea. Um, it is the Carling Cup this weekend. Others on podcasts I like to steal things from have said that Manchester City could win two trophies this weekend with um, the Liverpool-United game. If everything goes well, I'll be there mm. celebrating. Okay. <laughs> Same. <laughs> You're muted on Twitter on Sunday. Um... <laughs> Justin, how do you think this one's going to go? The, the Carling Cup final, Manchester City versus Chelsea. Of course, they met only a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? And Manchester City won 6 0. Yeah, Are we uh, going to see something similar? I, I wouldn't think similar to that, but uh, any other result but a City win would surprise me. 
Yeah, you think there's not just not an easy. We've we've already discussed it. There's not an easy fix for Chelsea right now. So the only thing working in their favor may be obviously City have higher, greater ambitions than than this particular final. But Guardiola himself has always seemed to be a bit of a trophy collector and and doesn't he wants whatever piece of hardware he can get. So I I think he got Champions League this week. No, they literally played. We just talked they about They played it. two days ago. No, I know, but are they playing in the Champions League next week? No. No, no but I mean, a gap. in the There's bigger a gap. picture. I'm not saying yes. they need to rest their... I don't, I'm not saying they're going to rest anybody okay. for other priorities. They just have other priorities. Because okay, no. yeah. Liverpool played this week, didn't they? And of course, they got Champions League next week. So I didn't know if it was similar for them or not. The interesting thing, I, I think, would be whether Sarri was to look at it and say... Wow, in that game, we, we, we came out really aggressive, we pressed them really hard, and for those first four minutes, we were really quite good. I should probably try that again. Well, this is a big old pitch at Wembley, isn't it? Something nice and big for Eden Hazard to go running around in. If you could you mean a big, a big old pitch the same size as all the other pitches? It is, these days, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Well, I can tell you, Chris, five of the Premier League pitches are not regulation size because the stadiums are too big. Too small, sorry. All the other really? pitches are the same. Which ones? Which ones are too small? Uh, Goodison right. Park, Anfield, uh, Fulham. Uh, I can't remember the other two. Palace, Probably. I want to say. Bournemouth. And Bournemouth. Bournemouth is yeah, the other one. Bournemouth, yeah. Bournemouth's got the smallest ground in the Premier League. Fulham, so, Fulham have the smallest pitch in the Premier League. It's only, so 90, they, it's only 91% to... of regulation size. So why are they allowed to play in the Premier League then? Because their stadium was built in like 1920 or whatever. Oh, they should go to a different stadium. <laughs> well, then maybe when Anfield was redeveloped, they should have made space for the pitch then, shouldn't they? When they built that new stand. Otherwise, we can kick it out at Liverpool out if you want. You won't hear it. We'll go form our own independent group. Don't look, look, don't deny us a whole raft of books about finishing second again. Yeah. <laughs> You're still finished second in that one team league. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to form our own independent group with these other other people these other teams we'll be fine okay right let's talk about the Premier League then so as you were saying Cardiff and Watford and West Ham and Fulham are already playing and Saturday lunchtime on Sky is Burnley versus Spurs um, Burnley run beaten in seven only Manchester United have got a current longer and beaten run um, Harry Kane could be back uh, and Spurs have won 11 away in the Premier League this season, which is the most. Um, I'd also written down for Jesse that uh, Spurs have scored 12 from outside the box this season, and Burnley conceded 12 from outside the box, which is the most of anybody. So, Christian Eriksen, we've got every shooting boots on. Which one of those is the most? Well, they're both the most. They're both the most. Conceded the most and scored the most. Duncan would be clearer with his stats if he was telling us. <laughs> Oh, Duncan, Duncan. I wouldn't have had to, what, what, married Duncan. I wouldn't have had to Duncan well, I wasn't the one who was trying to t- hit him up. That was you. <laughs> We've all seen the tweets. They're public record, Chris. Now, his was an act of penance coming on. You dragged him on, didn't you? You've been <laughs> <laughs> A bit of a hit on his tweets and he agreed to it. Oh, God. I'd be interesting to know how many of those 12 goals Burnley have conceded from outside the box were conceded by Joe Hart. I was just going to think that. I would probably say 95%. Yeah, because this the, the, the Burnley unbeaten streak, a lot, of, a lot of good things have happened from the point where he was no longer the person standing in front of their goal. 
I mean, is that coincidence? I mean, how many of those goals no. can you directly blame Joe Hart for? It's not. Yeah, it's it's not a coincidence. I don't know that the, the goals from outside the box were necessarily all ones that you would blame on him. But he's he's not the goalkeeper he once was, and it's not just a confidence thing, which I hear people saying. His technique's all messed up. He doesn't get set. He doesn't back himself to make saves. Um, and so he's, his weight's all over the place. He's on his heels. He's guessing and leaning frequently the wrong way, and, and he's just he's just become easy to beat. And um, since they've switched back to, to one of their other England international goalkeepers, Tom Heaton, who's just an, a, a nice, good, proper, ordinary goalkeeper who, who plays to his strengths and, and backs himself to make saves, and so he, more often than not, he does. All right, so you feel the Burnley goalkeeping coach. What do you do to Joe Hart to make him Sell it. better? Selling, <laughs> selling to someone in championship. Yeah, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's fixable, but I, I would I would there would have to be a sports psychologist involved because he's he's um, he's making decisions that are playing against his own strengths, and there has to be a reason for that. So I think the first thing I do is show him videos from six eight years ago when he was quite good and 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 backed himself to make saves and, and played with a little bit of swagger and all that and see if there's any way to get that back again. Probably, probably not. Is any of the way he's playing down to the way Burnley play? Um, well, are they asking I, I him to do stuff that he's not happy with? Or? And, uh, that's possible, but Tom Heaton and, and Nick Pope also, or neither of them are what you would do. They're hardly Ederson light. Um, hmm. They're not asked to do anything much more than just ordinary goalkeeping. So I don't know that you can put it down to that. Okay. How do you see this fixture going then, guys? Um, I can see uh, an away win for Tottenham. Yeah. So I, I, oh. so I would say, probably say a 2-1 two, two, away win. We know it's not going to be a draw, so that's yes, fine. Yes, because Tot- <laughs> Tottenham never draw. Justin? Same. I think they'll find a way to win it. I think they'll win it late. 1-0. 1-0. Okay. okay. That's what they do, isn't it? Watford a 3-0 up. Delafeu has got a heart trick. Of course he has. <laughs> My lovely boy. Uh, Bournemouth versus Wolves. Harry Wilson, um, Harry Wilson, Callum Wilson is kind of a doubt for Bournemouth, uh, as is Matt Doherty for Wolves. Um, Bournemouth have got the second highest percentage of gaining their Premier League points at home this season. So they've got, obviously got a very good home record. Only Fulham have got more of their Premier League points at home. Um, no, feel that, but what? the percentage of their points at home. Not, um, Fulham haven't got more Premier League points at home than anyone else because they don't right. have very many points. They don't have, yeah, yeah. That, that actually could be quite a damning stat if you if if you have four points away from home and <laughs> you know seven at home. <laughs> Seventy at home. It's been a good season, lads. Yeah, but your away form is rubbish. Okay, yes, that's what I meant. Go on. So basically, just. Does this what does it influence the, the, this fixture anymore? Is it definitely going to be a, a Bournemouth victory then? Are Wolves the best of everybody else outside the top six um, as well? Yeah, I would say. Don't we have a league table for that? Why, why does that? Have, it's not an opinion yeah. thing. We and do they, have a league. Ta- <laughs> we do have a league table, Justin, and I'll be able to give you an answer in about in roughly <laughs> April <laughs> when Manchester City beat them <laughs> the title. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be done so before you, so April this is going to be a capitulation <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay tables so 7th place is Watford currently um, but if Wolves win tomorrow then they'll go back above Watford so yeah you're right you know, they, they are the best of the best 
as Watford are winning 3 0 at the moment, is that taken into consideration? Uh, 3 0 is a dangerous scoreline if you have to lose Suarez and Stephen Gerrard at Southhurst Park. <laughs> <laughs> or Portsmouth. <laughs> or Portsmouth more recently, yeah. Uh, Wolves have got 74% of their Premier League goals in the second half, which is the most of anybody this season. So they're not a team to sort of lie down, are they, if they go a goal or two behind? No, they've got um, a very good striker who's in not red hot form uh, in Raul Jimenez. He's consistent form, isn't he? Consistent, as we, me and you, Chris, have talking about him that he didn't start the best, but now is hitting his strides. And yep. Outside the top six, he's probably one of the best strikers out there. Okay, guys, you got a thought on this? You want me to have like one? I can make one. Yeah, Wolves are all right. Wolves are all right. Brilliant. I, I mean, I, I like wolves. The animal. The animal. Okay. Yeah. What's your, who's your favourite wolf then, Peter? Oh, no, he wasn't the wolf, was he? What are you what, talking I about? I what you're talking about now, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> a favourite wolf. Does anybody have a favourite wolf? Wolf from Gladiators. Well, now Justin doesn't know what you're talking about. Still. I just not meant the animal in general. There are, there, are, believe, there are hundreds of thousands of them, so now I don't have a favourite we're going okay. back to 1990s again. <laughs> yeah. that's, where, that's where we should all stay. It was, it, was a, it was a simpler time, wasn't it? Yeah, it bloody I had was. A hair then. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> Actually, Adam, you probably wouldn't because you were brand new born, weren't you? I, in the 90s, it was a. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I can. The late 90s, I can get on board with. The early 90s are a bit more of a blur. Yeah. It was a better time. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle versus Huddersfield. I'm going for this last match of the day. Uh, Huddersfield, zero Premier League away wins, or zero Premier League wins, sorry, in uh, 13. Their top scorer has got three goals. I can't see. No. No, well, New- Newcastle have been away in in Alicante doing some warm weather training, and they, they had sort of had this period last season, and it, Benitez was really able to use it to turn their season around and fight off the relegation battle that they'd got themselves into. So if history repeats itself, you're going to see a slightly improved Newcastle and a very poor Huddersfield. And if it's at St. James's Park, like you just said, I would fully expect a a solid Newcastle win and zero goals for Huddersfield. Yeah, I'm with with Adam on that. And I think you might see the Miguel Amaron. He played the other week, didn't he? Apparently played okay. Uh, yeah, I think you might see his, his home debut, yeah. so I was thinking about I, this the other day, and I think, what, I think how um, this just feels like it's going to be so anticlimactic for, for Newcastle fans, because they've been there waiting for, I don't know how many years it is, for their club to ba- break their record transfer fee, and they've done it. And they bought a player for what? Is he, what did they pay for him? Seventeen million? I don't know. Just twenty. Twenty. Well, unfortunately for them, what they're about to learn is that a twenty million player in two thousand and nineteen is not the same as a fifteen million pound player whenever they sign Michael Owen. And this player, normally when you have a player who comes in and breaks your record transfer fee, you should be very excited because they're probably going to. They, you'd really hope they might be one of the best players you've seen. This is not going to be the case. How much of Alvaron have you seen, Adam, over the last six months to a year? Well, I'm confident to guess that he's not going to be the best player that they've ever seen. Uh, no, but he could be a player that makes a difference. Like you're going I'm not on saying, an awful I'm not saying he's going to be useless. I'm not saying he's going to be useless. I'm saying that there's a difference in quality between the players that you get over a 10-year period in an inf- overly inflated transfer market. I think you're making a massive generalisation there without seeing how he's ever played. 
Well, just in you're, you're the great. MLS Scott, so you, scout, so you tell me all about it. And if he'd been in the A League, you'd be able to tell me even more. <laughs> Unfortunately, if he'd been in Croatia, you'd know fuck all about it. So, <laughs> uh, Justin, how do you? How do you watch I've seen him. How's he? He's going to go. Seen him play five or six times for Atlanta, but that's it. Not really enough to to gauge any sort of overall quality. Okay. I don't. My, my, I don't watch the the MLS games that are on the artificial turf so i just don't watch those so that rules it all atlanta's home games out because they play on the stuff and so i just don't see them often my point was out of it it's really sort of best to reserve judgment until we've seen him play for a few games before he's going to be any good or not i mean the price tag isn't really anything to do with him is it i didn't say it was anything to do with him i'm saying that the ex i'm talking about the expectations of newcastle fans I don't think they're expecting that much. I think they're just expecting someone who is okay. I don't think they're expecting sort of Faustino Spree and Mark too. No, we'll see. Well, I'm saying that there's a certain expectation that comes with a record-breaking transfer. Um, there is, but I don't know. I don't think. Look, put, put it this way: if Liverpool had just spent seventy-five million pound on a centre half and broken the world record for a defender, and Dejan Lovren had been the one who turned up, you'd be pissed off about <laughs> it, wouldn't you? Well, listen, well, uh, well, Adam, we we don't have to do this theoretically. How about the most expensive goalkeeper in the Premier League, Kepa? How's that been working? Not very well. I saw yeah. I, I saw some respected journalists describing him as a success today. I was I was surprised. Talking about te- about goalkeeping technique, uh, Justin. What do you think about his sort of like Kepa's arm swings on the the goals yeah, in that, the um, the Manchester United game? Such, that's such a topic on my timeline, which is of course I follow a lot of goalkeeper coaches and vice versa. The Terstegen save we were talking about earlier is it, he does the same thing. He does a great big reverse arm swing behind his body, but the difference is, is he's just a little faster and. Shot from distance, you've got time. You kind of do that ahead from Pogba from six yards away. There's just not time. Um, I'm surprised there hasn't been some attempts to train him out of it to some degree. It's difficult to break a lifetime habit, but but um, it, it is something I think that it doesn't really play to um, to his strengths in those close range shots. Uh, I'd like to see it. I'd like Why to would see- he be doing that? Why would he be waving his hands behind his? Well, you can then- you can generate momentum for your upper body for the big... So let's go back to the Terstegen save. If you swing the arms back behind you and then hurl them forward, it can help generate momentum to make that big stretch, that big reach. But that's yeah. for that kind of save. It, it, doesn't, it isn't really appropriate for Paul Pogba diving in at your face and, and heading one from that range. You, you try to do the same thing, and you don't have time to get your hands back in front of your body. In fact, he, he got his hand to the ball, but in no proper shape to make the save, so... It's, it's, uh, I find it really interesting because it's, it seems that it's so much of this as well. You can talk about technique and sort of textbook, but it's in, like, like I say, it seems to be almost different strokes for different folks because I saw lots of people at the time talking about how De, well, De Gea does these things and yeah. De Gea is absolutely up there. And it seems that yeah. it's, it's not just about technique, but also sort of match situation and appropriateness and... It's yeah, just combining all those things to right. Everyone's physique is different. Everyone's reaction time. De Gea can do whatever he wants. His reaction 
his reactions are faster than anybody else's, so he gets away with that more often. Do you know who the one, almost every goalkeeper at the highest level has some kind of weird oddity in their technique that they still manage to make work for them, otherwise they wouldn't be at the top flight. There's one goalkeeper in the Premier League, I think, who pretty much does everything exactly by the book, technically. Everything, all his form technique, his set position handling, the way he dives both right and left, everything is always spot on, and that's Lucas Fabianski. He's he's it's very strange goalkeeper who just does everything. I was gonna say Jordan Pickford. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say Jordan Pickford, but but um, he's just too. Is that it's only because he's too small though? Yeah. Yeah, people do say that. Um, Well, Courtois says that. Courtois says that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And Fabianski's had a nice little career for himself because of that, you know. But he's not the best goalkeeper because he doesn't necessarily do those things better than anybody else. He just does them the way they're supposed to be done. So. So, Who do you yeah. think is the most naturally talented uh, goalkeeper then in the Premier League? Uh, Kasper Schmeichel for me. He's got the genes. Yeah, he's got, he's got the genes. But I, I just I don't know. It depends what you mean by that. Like Allison's the strongest goalkeeper. De Gea is the quickest goalkeeper. Okay. Who would need all right? Who would need the least coaching to be as good as they are? Then is probably what I'm trying to say. So <sighs> who would need the least coaching? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm my I would probably have to say Fabianski then, just because. He, all you have to do in training and him in training is just give him repetitions. You're not, you, there's no corrections that, that need to be made with him. Okay. That'll, start, it, that'll, sound, that'll sound funny to people who don't rate him. Don't think he's very good, but I think he was given a chance at Arsenal when he wasn't ready for it, and he's done quite well. Mm. Though he's been at. I was just, I was just about the point I was going to make. I was going to say it's interesting that his career took off when he left Arsenal. It's ben all... Foster too, you know, after after leaving Manchester United, where he just wasn't ready. Well, ben Foster's made said some really interesting things about that, hasn't he? Where he's talked about almost, he's almost talked about the stage being too big for him, and he's admitted that. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for him for just saying. I remember he said something about he won the Carling Cup with United, and he, and he he was really put off by how no one really wanted to celebrate it past that day, and they wanted they were in a title race, and they wanted to get right back into that, and. He he knew at that moment that maybe he wasn't at the right club for him. That was the game where he in the penalty shootout, wasn't it? Where he was looking at the yeah. vid- the video iPod of the yeah, the yeah. video iPod. Remember how yeah. remember how modern that seemed? <laughs> <laughs> I said a couple of years after um, Jens Lehmann had his piece of paper and a pen, isn't it? In the sock, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we still got that going on in the third round of the FA Cup. Meanwhile, yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, it's supposed to be wolves. Meanwhile, at Atletico, they used to the assistant manager used to wear Google Glass. Yes, he did. Well, that's 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 yeah, and Burgos, right? That's yeah. one of the crazier goalkeepers that ever lived. He's a very why nutty. would he wear Google Glass? What good? What, how did that help him? I I just look good, didn't it? Aesthetics. <laughs> He's up there with people you don't fuck with. There's a video I tweeted out. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm gonna see if I can find it again. When Burgos was the goalkeeper at River Plate, there's a shot came in from about 25 yards, and he just took his elbow. And batted it away. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's he got it just right, and it it came off his elbow faster than it came in, and it went about forty yards out of touch into touch. And do you do you, co- do you coach that every year? You would not coach. That. There's no reason for him to have done that at all. But it's just it was magnificent. Have <laughs> you ever tried a scorpion kick? Yeah, in training, messing around. Yeah, not real yeah. good for the. How did he go? It's not real good for the back. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Leicester versus Crystal Palace in the Steve Claridge Shin Derby. Um, 
Apparently, Claude Puel has had discussions with Casper Schmeichel this week over his future after comments that Peter um, has made about Puel and Casper's future. Casper uh, Schmeichel is committed to Leicester City, you'd be pleased to know. People just hate Claude Puel, don't they? They just hate I, him. Yeah, I don't get where, that either. Where do they expect they should be in the table? They are about where they should be. They're, mm-hmm. they're doing well to be where they are. They could easily be a 14th place club or more. They could be fighting relegation every season. I'm not sure what's... I know they won the league, obviously. Uh, you've got to temper your your expectations after that. As, a, the- as a native of Leicester and friends with quite a few people that go to um, the King Power Stadium, I think from what they've been saying about uh, Claude Puel, they want to be entertained and they don't feel yeah. like they're getting that with um, Puel's style of football. Uh, fair, that's fair enough. That's fair enough, yeah. The results are, are what I would expect, but they are not very expensive. That's true. Yeah, and they're looking for their first win in six. So if your club were playing a particular brand of football and you're winning, that, you get away with it. But when you've got one win in six, you you don't so much anymore, do you? From someone no, who, who's not watched any of his time managing in France, was the the talk I've had is that his football get, gets more expansive year year on year. He's one of those managers who develops it and builds on his team. But but in the Premier League, he's never been given that chance. Like. When you come into a job at Leicester where a manager's been fired, you've come in for a reason. There's there's some firefighting to do. Just like when he was appointed at, at Southampton and he got the team solid, he got them up up the table. He wasn't given a chance to develop it. And Le- Leicester fans would be stupid to not just cast an eye over to Southampton and see how that's gone for them since they got rid of him. Yeah. It's Good almost point. like football is some sort of short-termist social media sort of splurge isn't well, it these days ask, like ask Chelsea fans <laughs> well Leicester have a squad of players who would in the formation they would get next season could play quite expansive football You've got Madison uh, Harvey Bond. yeah Harvey Barnes Samari Gray Vardy could Vardy play the... expansive football well, he's at the end of the expense. Yeah. Of the expense. They expend towards him. That's true, yeah. yeah. I think whoever is manager of the Leicester City for the next couple of years has got a very, very difficult got- job on their hands because there's a huge amount of influential players that are approaching the sort of wrong end of their careers that need to be sort of edged out. You think Vardy, maybe Schmeichel, he's quite young for a goalkeeper still, but you've got Wes Morgan, Christian Wes Morgan. Fuchs, yeah. Danny Simpson. There's a lot of um, title-winning players that it's need that to be spy. removed. Yeah, but not, but not players who are playing. No, Fuchs is nowhere near that team, nor is... I don't think Wes Morgan's been playing quite a lot recently. If he's club captain, he must have a degree of influence then, must Yeah. Um, I don't know. I obviously don't have my, my ear to the ground as, in the Leicester beat as you do, Chris. So <laughs> I, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't possibly comment as, as to the extent that you have. But I think that something comes with... Uh, you win the Premier League and you get that, that lust for trophies. Now... They aren't expecting continuous title challenges and to be up there again and winning it again and again. But maybe what they would like is to be taking FA Cups and League Cups a bit more seriously and yeah. competing for trophies because you get a taste for it, don't you? The one yeah. thing as well, which you guys probably won't get, but is uh, never underestimate the ability of someone from Leicester to just moan needlessly <laughs> as well. <laughs> We've we've um, met you. You realise that, <laughs> yeah. We do podcasts with you. Yeah, fair enough. Um, 
67% of Palace's goals this season have come away from home. So how do you think this one's going to go? Have you just spent all day game. working out percentages on goals and points? Is that what you've been doing at work today? Just a, spread, a spreadsheet. Just <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's half term, isn't it? So oh, yeah. so the kids have been doing it for maths homework. <laughs> I've got to be honest, I've been off all week, but ironically, I've had um, less time to do it. <laughs> term time. Um, this is the BT Sport game tomorrow night. I think this is going to be quite a good game. The rugby will be on instead, so no one will be watching it. Yeah, I refer you to uh, Danny McMoomins' um, guide to being a rugby fan. Wow. Um, You're boring. <laughs> is, that, is that when England playing Wales, is it? It is, yeah. Uh, Arsenal versus Southampton. Arsenal beaten in 23 home games uh, against Southampton, which I think goes back to something like 1987 or something. Ridiculously like that. Um, the last time Southampton did the double over Arsenal, because of course they won the return leg, was uh, when a certain Alan Shearer scored a hat trick. Is that 92? 88. Yeah. Nin- oh. 92, he was at Palace. Oh. Uh, Palace. He was at um, Blackburn. Sorry. Okay. Um, but 88? 1988. Uh, Alan Shearer playing. Okay. God, I was one. We won't, we won't say anything just <laughs> <laughs> uh, Has this just got Arsenal win written all over it? Yeah, this is the Sunday. Is it the Sunday? This is Sunday, yeah. Link game between the two big games, isn't it? Is it? Well, I just assumed it wasn't going to be on TV. It's not on TV. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go to the last game then, which is Manchester United versus Liverpool. Um, the last time Manchester United, of course, lost in the league was actually at Anfield, wasn't it? Uh, and they won seven out of nine at home since. I'm really quite worried about this. Is that the game where Mourinho got sacked? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. That's why it was three-one or something like that, wasn't yeah. it? They took the lead and then we came back and. Good, good news, Chris. To quell your fears, mm-hmm. Martial and Lingard are considered. Uh, uh, Expected to be fit to play. Oh, good. <laughs> Presumably they would be at 100%. Though. I mean, no. there'd be no honour if you won it when they weren't there, would they? The <laughs> no, that's true. The <laughs> <laughs> um, Rankast this week said that the United game on Monday night when they played Chelsea, they were playing with 10 and a half men because Lukaku has just been so ridiculously poor lately. Yeah, he won't play. <laughs> you don't think he'll play? You think it's going to be Martial and... Um, Lingard are going to come back in with Rashford up front I don't think Rashford will go out I, I just don't think that uh, Lukaku will start if, if he's got a fit Martial as an option yeah I bet he's, can he be 100% fit I suppose he must be able to be otherwise they wouldn't risk him he'll uh, still get still get 60-65 minutes out of him yeah I suppose they would do let, they? Let yeah. bring Lukaku on play him on the wing let him bully one of the fullbacks. it's going to be a great day <laughs> stick him on Andy Robertson yeah yeah yeah, no, he wouldn't bully Andy Robertson. I think he'd probably get the better of um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, but I, I can't see Andy Robertson being bullied. I mean, he's Scottish for a start. Ah, uh, Lukaku is a big guy. He is, yeah. As the song that we're not allowed to talk about is uh, <laughs> mentioned. But, um, I mean, he did that before, didn't he? In Everton, um, he did a job on... He was the Arsenal right-back. He did a job on that day. Do you remember the game, Adam? Martin is stuck in... Was it, the not the, was it not the Arsenal left back? I think he put. He, I don't think he ever put him on. I remember him playing him on the right wing. I don't ever. Yeah, maybe it was that then. The yeah, but he specifically went out to do a job and he did it incredibly but well. When, the difference was that when Martinez did it, he did it 
<laughs> he did it from a, a false nine position in terms of he was still playing as our centre forward. We had a, a left winger, and I think Stephen Naismith would move inside and and play as as like a withdrawn. He play slightly withdrawn through the middle, and we would just be absolutely dominating. I think Monreal in the air. That must have been it. Then he did it against Manchester City as well. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. a useful so tactic. I why yeah. I find so bizarre about Lukaku is you, you can you don't need to. You don't need to see him play to see that the he just his body shape is wrong. I he is he's too big. He's bigger than he normally was. He's too top heavy. He's put. He's, I mean, he's put, a heavyweight boxer trying to play football now. Yeah, he needs to lose some of that muscle and um, and regain his. He's lost some of his sharpness. Well, because of the muscle. I think so. Yeah. Okay. He also, you will be a lot injury prone when you got that. Big muscle mass. Just in saying nice things to me, it's all going to be okay, isn't it? There's, there's. I mean, you, you've got a chance to give as good as you get, but it will be one of the biggest. It'll be. It's the first big, big test of what we could now call a title run-in, and they both got to go there. Um, City has to go to Old Trafford also, and who knew that that Mourinho could still have such an effect on the title race by getting sacked. <laughs> because if he had, because if he had, and this would be three points in the back yeah. for both of them, it wouldn't factor in. I would guess that they're not both going to come away from Old Trafford with three points. I think one of the two will end up dropping points in this fixture. I don't know who. Um, I've got a good idea. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, but Man, I, I mean, Man United fans I, are going to want to win this game as much as a game that they had to play to win the title themselves. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny to me as as you know. As an American and, 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 and just following, having obviously lived in England, but now following the rivalries from afar. And if you got a Man United fan on the subject of City and you just listen to the hate and the vitriol and everything, but you can't find me one, one United supporter that wants Liverpool to win this title more than City. City have already done it in recent years. Um, they're, 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 they're the still champions now. United fans have... However difficult that must have been the first time, this is the new reality. City win titles. City win yeah, the league. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see if it was 2012 when we had this title race and it was it City's, may have been City's first, yeah. league, first title. They were and they were caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. What they would want there? Yeah, I agree. I agree. But now, do they still everything. do they still have to play Tottenham? Can they be kingmakers and roll over against Tottenham? And <laughs> Yeah, that'd be interesting. You know, I mean, Spurs still are in this. Um, I'm not sure what their percentage of, of goals scored away from home is, but looking at the league table, they're they're still in it. But um, I don't I don't know, Chris. I think that um, it'll be the biggest test in terms of the league that the title run they've had so far, just since since Christmas or so. Well, they lost the city, so so uh, um, since then. But you know, the funny thing about United too is it was it was all so so wonderful. For Ole, and then uh, finally, when when they came up against PSG, they they were the second best by a mile all over the pitch. There are still areas they're going to be second best um, to Liverpool on Sunday, and uh, if if Liverpool keep their nerve and aren't aren't you know distracted by other things and all that, they can win the game. They've got more than enough quality to win the game. Again, the league table doesn't lie; they're a better side this season than Manchester United, but they are catching at a difficult time. Another question on the Manchester United broadcast this week was: Would you rather beat PSG in the second leg or 
uh, beat Liverpool on Sunday, and they were very beat Liverpool absolutely. Beat Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. one of them wanted rivals. to win the one of them wanted to win the Champions League. One of them wanted to beat Liverpool. Yeah, but you're not going to win the Champions League by beating PSG. You know, I mean that that just gets you through the last eight. And you're still going to get beat by whoever you play. Then, if this were the final or something, or even a semi-final, maybe. But nah. Yeah, that's there must be there must be some positives for Liverpool, Chris. Let's see if we can find them. I'm not going to look very hard, so you're going to have to do more most of the heavy lifting here. Chris, did you see the video of Allison having a chat with Neuer post match uh, after the game mm-hmm. the other day in the in the tunnel at Anfield? No. Nope. Okay. Well, I don't want to body shame, so I don't want to say anything about it. Body shame. Yeah. Or me or them? <laughs> <laughs> not you. <laughs> my guess would my guess would be that Neuer does not look in the same sort of shape as as Allison. They're very different athletes. <laughs> very one, different. one on the end spectrum of his career. <laughs> I think we. I think you. It's always something you could suspect looking at Allison in his ordinary kit, but he took his. They they swapped jerseys, and so he just had the the compression shirt on underneath, and that that compression shirt is earning its salary. <laughs> it's all the boys ripped no fair enough okay where can I see his winning um, my biggest worry is being overrunning midfield and then Matip and, who I quite like he's doing, he's doing alright Matip but I think sort of Rashford Lingard and Martial versus uh, Matip and Van Dijk with an on-running Herrera and Pogba could be bad news for us on the break, I think we could be okay because I think Lindelof and Smalling are not an awful lot to worry about, especially if you've got Ashley Young at fullback as well. Um, but then yeah. you get, you know, then you've got De Gea to worry about afterwards. But you just push one of them down into that little ravine and they'll never get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, know, I, I know how much that upsets you. So, yeah, well, like quite right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, but it's the problem not that in the last sort of month or so that they, that. Relatively speaking, Liverpool's front three are slightly misfiring. Yeah, yeah. Across, across the board as well. It's not like you've. It's not like before one of them could pick up pick up the the slack while the the other two maybe weren't performing. But that's that's not really happening at the moment. Is Firmino not slightly ill as well or recovering? He yet? had a, a virus the other day, didn't he? Yeah. You, is it? He's been very underwhelming this season. Me, yeah. Now I would say Sane has. Um, so, Firmino does a lot of the. Donkey work that you don't. Sane. Quite see. Sane plays for Manchester City. Mane. Mane. Oh, Mane sorry. Sorry. God. <laughs> you I might have. You might have said Mane. I might have misheard you. No, I did say Sane. No. God. Okay. Um, no, I. Uh, I. Yeah, Mane. Sorry. Um, Mane. You, you are been... part of an alliance against Mane, though. So. An alliance. Yeah, you and Ali are just hating on hating no, on Mane Ali, all Ali the time. Ali likes him. I feel that he needs an awful lot of chances to score. Um, whereas Bobby Firmino does an awful lot of donkey work, which helps out Mane and uh, Salah. I'd rather have Firmino on my team than Mane, but not Sane. I think you'd rather Sane have Sane on your team. You'd rather have Sane in your front three. Yeah, quite definitely. Okay, right, guys. Um, that brings the end of our Premier League roundup. Any other business from anybody? I just... You've just skirted over Mohamed Salah's form there, like you don't want to talk about it. No, I just skirted over it. I can talk about it. <laughs> okay. No, no. It's fine. We'll leave it as unspoken. It'll be... <laughs> be it'll be a surprise. Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 2-1 Liverpool. 
Oh. Okay. Well, I say two-two draw. We're gonna I lose. Say two, two, two. I say two-two Liverpool. Man United <laughs> are gonna win. United, what did you say? United will win. Okay, yeah, they will. Team one covered all bases then. Three. Brilliant. <laughs> Someone's going to be great. The, yeah. the Man of the Post Extra Time podcast has successfully predicted the result of the Manchester United-Liverpool <laughs> game. Uh, guys, right, okay. Uh, any other business from anybody? No. No? Okay. Um, we are Man of the Post. We are at Man of the Post on Twitter. We are at Man of the Post on Instagram. We are also on Facebook. You can give us a like on there if you want. Um, if you like what you hear, you can rate reviews on iTunes. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can follow us, I think, on Acast. Um, and all your uh, episodes will automatically download into your uh, your phone inbox. Uh, I think there'll probably be a Sunday show this weekend um, when Dave and Ali and Chris review the games that we've been previewing. There might well be an unusual efforts as well this weekend. Um, Adam, what's funny? You're sniggering at the back of the class. It was funny that I could what, I could see on your face that you were as you were forgetting the names of the people yeah, on, on the Sunday show. Like, uh, why are uh, they? Why haven't you got them written down on the piece of paper next to Bayer Leverkusen four times? One of them literally has my name as well. <laughs> and that was the one you were forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Chris. <laughs> I was thinking about the unusual efforts as well. So there might well be an unusual efforts podcast this weekend. Uh, I hope so too. So, um, Scott. How do they follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Scott underscore Munro. Okay, Justin? At Keepers underscore Union. Okay, Adam? Adam SA101. Superb. Right, guys, thank you ever so much for joining us. How do they follow you on Twitter, Chris? They don't want to do that. At Etchingham 77 They really don't. Uh, guys, thank you ever so much. I, I, thank I, you. They come for the football, they stay for the t- t- today's political hot take. <laughs> I, I thought that was a very good political hot take, I thought. <laughs> Uh, always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>